How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome in. Stoppage time is live on a Wednesday. We've got a game from Charlotte to talk about. We've got a game coming up against Cincinnati to talk about. We have another game we can talk a little bit about against Chattanooga FC next Wednesday that you will be able to listen to on the game. Woo! On 92.9 FM, right there where Mike is pointing. You'll be able to listen to that on the radio. Uh, thank you to Atlanta United. Thank you to uh, U.S. Soccer, ESPN, the U.S. Open Cup Committee. Everybody involved will get to have yeah. that game for you on 92.9, the game next week. So lots of stuff to talk about. We'll take your questions as much as we can throughout the show. There was a hollow cavity in my soul in 2019 when we were not able to do radio coverage of the U.S. Open Cup. So I, I'm glad we're... We're back. By the way, did you see slash hear the, um, I guess, semi-breaking MLS media news? Semi-breaking? Okay, what? It sounds like Apple is going to be the winner. Um, or they, a winner. Yeah, it, that ESPN and Univision will stay with a linear package. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like Apple's going to get everything else. Um, Interesting. So, very yeah. interesting. Um, I wondered. Like, sorry to interrupt. It sounds no. like the the money figure is going to be. Let's just put it this way: the people who have been complaining about MLS is not going to get enough in their new media deal are going to be in shambles, according to what <laughs> I have heard about the, the number. Wow. That, yeah, that's crazy. That wouldn't that be happens. the first time they've been in shambles. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Wild. Um, I did wonder with. 
things kind of lingering for a minute, if that might open the door for Turner slash Bleacher Report slash Discovery Plus, since that merger has all gone down now official, I thought maybe that was a little bit of a sticking point. But Apple is getting aggressive. I mean, they, they've done their first MLB game now, and now they're going to jump into this. Um, Widely panned MLB what was widely panned about it? Because I actually really liked the graphics I saw. I did not watch the game, but I, I liked the graphics I saw. Uh, the announcers were very oh, widely panned. It was non and you know here I'm saying this is the king of nonstop prattle, but yeah, it was apparently just absolute nonstop prattle from the announcer. It was not a TV description. It was more of a watch along description, and uh, you know, it, look, that's very untraditional. And when you put a New York team in the game and you have the New York media uh, providing the critique, you're, you're probably going to get that kind of reaction. It's very possible. But my guess is Jason, I don't, I don't know this for sure. And again, this is all being reported by um, sports business journal. Yes. John Orand of the Orand and Marchand podcast. He's a business journal. Uh, The quote from him directly is that deal with Apple if it turns out to be accurate, it's going to come out in like the next four weeks or so. It's going to be a good amount of money. It's going to be a pretty good deal for MLS. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's basically all we know. Like I see on the Twitch pitch, does that mean RSNs are out? We don't know. Uh, you know, does that mean anything for Kevin Moe and Jillian? I don't know. Does it mean anything for Jason and I? We don't know. Um, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully find out in the next couple of weeks. My guess is, based on what we've kind of heard rumblings of, is that there will be a centralized kind of like world feed production for all the non-linear national games. That's what would go to the streamer, which for a long time people expected would be ESPN+, Plus, but now it might be Apple, right? just connecting the dots. But it might not necessarily be produced by Apple. It might be kind of a world feed production with neutral announcers off-site. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways it could still go, even with these partners in. Um, it could look very different. It could look very similar. We don't really know the details yet. And, and probably a lot of like how different it will look will depend on how much money is being given to the league for the rights to do something very different. And right. You just got to wait and see. One thing I am curious, like, again, if the reports are true, I do wonder if Apple would get an exclusive game a week. Uh, That's my gut feeling. In a similar way that, um, you know, well, in, in something similar to what they have with their baseball package right now, where they have a, uh, a exclusive game, not linear, exclusive game only available on Apple TV nationally, not in local market. Um, That's my I gut wonder, feeling. Yeah, I, mean, I That could even be what they do. Like that yes. could be their, I mean, ESPN, you know, plus could still have the, the other non-national games and Apple could be getting a exclusive game on Apple TV. I mean, there, there's a lot of different ways this thing could spin. Yeah. And I, you know, I, again, that we're taking a couple sentences out of a 40 minute podcast. Yeah. Today, yeah we don't know. And I, I listened to the podcast and it was very, very scant on details, yeah. but I've heard now a couple different times from a couple different sources about Apple getting into this. I still hope from my biased perspective that Turner or Time Warner, whatever they're called now, Discovery, finds a way to get in this as well. 
just because I think they would be a good partner for the league. Charles Barkley's con- comments from a couple oh, yeah. weeks from notwithstanding, I think they'd be a good partner for the league because their production values are very, very high. I think they would do a lot to promote it. I know a lot of people, in fact, I was having this conversation with someone over the weekend. Um, a lot of people still kind of have PTSD about the way they did the studio show for the Champions League, and I totally get that. But I think it would be absolutely different if yeah. Turner was producing the match themselves mm-hmm. rather than taking the UEFA feed and trying to do wraparound programming, like actually producing the match. I do think Turner would be a really good partner. And like I've said a couple times before in SDH, a lot of the Turner people in Atlanta who are involved in their NBA production, I see them in NBA broadcast meetings every year, and all they want to do is talk to me about Atlanta United. I, I think there are a lot of Atlanta United fans in that building um, who know about Major League Soccer and would would do what they have done to the National Hockey League, and that's treat it as uh, a property on the exact same level of the NBA and Major League Baseball. Uh, so Turner would be an a- excellent partner if it worked out that way. My fear from the start has been that the league could get totally away from linear, and I think that would be a mistake. Yeah, yeah I, I know anybody's that, ready for that yet. Yeah, and I know that that always creates debate, and and I know I get squawked at a lot on the Twitch pitch about this. I just think, it, like, I get it. I get how people now are consuming media in many different ways, and many, if not most, soccer viewers now are consuming matches through streaming as opposed to a linear platform. But I think the league needs to be careful to not brand itself as a non-linear entity because I think there is still a perception out there that if you're not on linear, you're not as important as the products that are on linear. Rightly or wrongly, I think that perception still exists. So the fact that you know ESPN and Univision would stay in this I think is a really, really good thing for the league. You want the MLS Cup final on ESPN, flat out. You want it on ESPN. You want ESPN talking about it. You want the wraparound programming. You want the promotion. Same with the All-Star game and your big matches. You want that on ESPN. ESPN will also put it on ABC. You want that. I'm sorry. It's still important. I mean, Atlanta, Charlotte did 450,000 viewers Sunday afternoon on ABC. That's a huge number especially when you compare it to what FS1 had the week before for LA Galaxy Portland. Huge, huge difference when you're on a linear network platform as opposed to being on cable or on on a streaming service. So um, anyhow, look, I mean, again, we're kind of parsing 30 seconds of a 40-minute podcast, but there have been a lot of tweets about it today. And it matches some of the things that I've heard. You know, Don Garber had said months ago that he wanted the – the media deal announced in the first quarter of 2022. Obviously, that did not happen, uh, but it sounds like maybe now they are close. And if if the money is right, it's going to be a good thing for the league because it's going to help the league reinvest in its product and make the product better. Yeah, 100%. It's about finding the right balance here. Um, I think in some ways, if ESPN is the only national linear cable, what have you, English language partner, maybe their attention to it gets a little bit increased. I'd like to see that. I, um, I think two-day NA, you know, we don't talk about it enough in English language coverage, but two-day NA's coverage of the league is critical and it is essential and their ratings are really good for the league. And that's a huge area of potential growth 
down the line. And I think that's what you're looking at. You One of the reasons you want to be on linear is you want to expose the product to the largest potential audience that you can. If you are non-linear, your people are going to have to go find you more than people are going to maybe accidentally stumble upon you. When you're in those linear situations, people might say, oh, yeah, I know a little bit about MLS. Game's on. Cool. I'm going to watch. If it's not available unless you have to go find it, those people might not watch. I, I've said this for a long time and nothing has changed it. I think the areas of where MLS needs to continue to focus its growth are not in the hardcore soccer audience. I think people have in a lot of ways maybe made up their minds or are going to come around when the right things happen. I mean, where you can really look to grow is in Spanish language and is and is in general sports fans whose attitudes have changed over the last decade plus to where there was a large segment of that audience who before would not turn on a soccer game. They just they would get angry about it. They would say, no, you had a lot of decision makers who were just ridiculous about it. And it colored people's opinions. That's changed. That's changed. I mean, is, is it 100% everybody who watches the NFL would watch MLS? No. But is it a larger number than ever before? Yes. Yeah. And those people can be swayed a lot more than somebody who says, no, I only watch the Premier League. It's right. a lot easier to turn a, in this town, and many of you have either been this or no friends who are, it's a lot easier to turn a Falcons fan, a Hawks fan, a Braves fan and say, hey, come to a game. Come to an Atlanta United game. See what you think. Listen to the game on the radio. Watch it on TV. See what you think. A lot of times those people come back for more mm-hmm. because they haven't been exposed to it before. So that stuff is really important. You've got to find that balance. I'm excited. I'm excited about what this sounds like it could be. Um, a good win for the league, a good development for the league. And when you've got Leagues Cup coming, which will be a big part of this growth before the World Cup in 2026, MLS is positioned really, really well to continue to become a bigger league in this country and one of the biggest leagues in the world. Yeah, uh, by the way, I, I think John Roper on the Twitch pitch makes a really good point too. And this is not insignificant. Linear sometimes makes it easier to appear in a sports bar or in yeah. a community. Much easier. That is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll just give you an anecdote from Charlotte over the weekend. Um, you know, the hotel we were we were staying, we were a couple blocks away from, uh, like, what was it, a Seven Eleven or something like that. I want to go get a Coke Zero, which, by the way, in a Pepsi town, surprisingly very, very difficult. But that's another hmm. story. But anyhow, you know, walking down the street from the hotel to Seven Eleven. Um, I'm walking by a sports bar and I'm expecting because it was about five o'clock on Saturday afternoon. I was expecting them to show the masters. They weren't showing the masters. They were showing new England, Miami, all screens nice. and people were watching. That's it. That's what the league needs. Yep. You know, that is, that is so, so important. You know, it, it, we've talked about this before the community viewing experience will do a lot to convert a casual fan into a hardcore fan or a novice who doesn't know much into a casual fan, that community experience. And I think what John Roper is saying on the Twitch pitch is really, really significant. Um, And 
look, I don't operate a bar. I don't work at a bar. I don't know if this is outdated thinking now and bars are actually finally, you know, using smart TVs as opposed to a cable they are. pack. It's, it's harder. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just it's, more it's, difficult. It's extra steps. Yeah. Extra steps. Hey, put it on ESPN. Okay, cool. I can do that very easily with a click. Uh, you have to go to ESPN Plus, and then you have to go to here, and then you have to go here. All right, I'll do that for my local team game, but yeah, I'm not going to maybe do that if I don't have time. You know, right. it's yeah. it's just easier. So that's a big point. I, I like where we're going with it, and we'll hopefully get some more details. You know, it sounds like in the next month or so, maybe this will get buttoned up. Um, I'd be curious to see if if Turner gets back into this. I would not be surprised if they get something out of it because that seems like a partner that the league would want to further their relationship with. They already have a relationship on the digital side with, with Bleacher Report Live and all of that. So they can do more there. You can have the Apple coverage, which is great, and, and that's a, a good place to be if you're seeing you know, Major League Baseball pop up there and them getting aggressive to get more sports properties. Great spot to be. You keep your ESPN. You keep your two-day NA, your, your, your hallmarks of coverage. You're in good shape. Yeah. Okay, let's transition. This is not media time. This is sometimes time. it is. Sometimes it is. <laughs> um, let's look back at Sunday. I thought, look, uh, unfortunate result for Atlanta United, but a good day. I thought the performance was decent, if not good. It was uh, good. I, I thought they played better in the loss to Charlotte than they did in the win against DC and maybe in the draw against Montreal. So I thought the performance was at the very least acceptable. I you want to win, obviously, but the performance was not bad. Oh, it's it's way beyond that. I yeah. um I've I've gotta get on a soapbox for a second. Um we we have to separate results and performance when we're gonna have these conversations. We have to, and and, and people have to understand that they're two different things. You can get results playing badly, probably not gonna get them regularly, but you can get them. And you're going to not get results when you play well. Generally, if you play well, you're going to get results, but not always. Just because they lost doesn't mean they didn't play well. And when people try to peddle that, it's not true. It, it flat out isn't true. You look at the numbers in this game. You go back and you experience it from a field perspective. What I try to do in these games, just to give you a sense, is I try to get a little bit of the, the best of both worlds. I'm keeping up with some of the numbers during the game. I'm not obsessing over stats and production during the game. There's little things I look for because I think they're important to bring up on the broadcast. I'm going by the feel in the game for the most part. I'm, I'm telling you how it feels, and you think you can hear it in my voice a lot of times. Like If I'm anxious, if I'm excited about how they're playing, if I'm positive, if I'm negative. That's what I go by first. I felt Atlanta United played very well in this game. I felt like they had opportunities to not just equalize, but to win it. I felt like they played very well. Going back and looking at the numbers, they played even better than I felt like they played. Mm -hmm. 30 shot creating actions in this game. That's a gigantic number when you look around the league and you look at what an average team does. Your average team leading the league in shot creating actions is 22, 23. You had 30 in this game. And it wasn't like one player went nuts. Almada had six. Moreno had five. Uh, Sosa had four. Um, Gutman had four. Gutman had 11 defensive actions in this game. I mean, geez, that's insane. 
Um, bunch of guys with two, one. It was a, a team effort to create that many shot creating actions. Did any of them turn into a goal? No. But you have to create shots to get goals, right? More shots you create, generally the more goals you're going to score. Not every time. Not every time. But you created chances. You created shots. You gave up a few more than you'd like, but you're also chasing the game from the 11th minute on. You were not bad defensively. You didn't give up a ton of shots. You didn't give up a, a crazy amount. You would have kept a clean sheet outside of an Olympico, a fluky goal. Atlanta United played really, really well. And more often than not in that game, you take that production and you take it on a regular basis. That's a winning team, a substantially winning team. So the fact that you didn't win here, the sky is falling and all this kind of stuff. No, it's got, that's got to stop. Like when you're not creating chances or you're giving up a crap load and you're giving up goals and you're, you're not getting these things like that. Yes. And that's a different conversation. But when you're creating chances and you don't score, hey, welcome. It's it, it's hard sometimes. Do you think the mindset that you're addressing would be different if the opponent on Sunday was Philadelphia as opposed to Charlotte? Like how much of the angst do you think is out there right now because the opponent was Charlotte? I don't think it has anything to do with it, sadly. Um if it did, I think it'd be a little more understandable. I don't think it does because uh, I think for some, this is not new territory. For some, this is just where it is after a loss. It's it's everything is, is horrible and everything's bad, not even getting into the injuries and absences and adjusting and all these kinds of things. Um, if you created 30 shot, if you had 30 shot creating actions against Philadelphia, whew, that'd be impressive. Well, yeah, forget um, <laughs> forget the style of play. I think I'm talking more about yeah, no, I got you. perceived to be top of table. Uh, I got you. Um, like a Philadelphia or a, uh, I, I don't know, a Seattle or um, a Nashville. It, it, one of those. I don't think that that is the overriding factor. I could very easily be wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. I get the sense that there is just a vibe around it that if it is not a 3-0 win, then it is a failure at all times. And what has to, to change with that mentality is this league has gotten better from 2017 on. Right. Um, one, you weren't winning 3-0 every time in 2018 either. You didn't win the Supporters' Shield. You weren't the best team during the regular season. Uh, you had challenging moments in 2018 when they won the title. You had challenging moments in 2019 when you got to the Eastern Conference Final and you won the Open Cup. The league's gotten a lot better from those days. There's not easy games anymore. Uh, Charlotte, new team. Miguel and Hill Ramirez is doing a great job. Miami, worst team in the Eastern Conference. They beat New England over the weekend. Cincinnati, up and down. They've been the wooden spoon for a long time. They're scoring a lot of goals. They're creating a lot of chances. They're a much better team than they used to be. As crazy as San Jose is, they pull upsets, they pull points, they make it difficult for you. There's no easy days at the office in Major League Soccer. So this mentality that Atlanta United should go undefeated and win every game by three, you're setting up failure in unfair situations. And I hope that changes at some point. I really wish that it wasn't the case. I think at times it puts maybe undue pressure on performances i don't know how much the players feel that but they pay attention to the vibe they they hear it they feel it i hope that it doesn't transfer over to the stadium i hope that you don't get that 
anxious feeling in games because you're going to have tough games. Cincinnati, not going to be easy this weekend. Nope. There's not any easy games on the on the board. I mean, you go to Miami, not going to be easy. Not there. No. There's it, uh, Spot on. It's it's tough league. League. One for 28 in this league right now is not separated by a whole lot. Oh, it's not separated look, a whole lot by quality. No. It, look at New England Revolution. 76 points last year. Struggling to be mid-table this year. Uh, not a whole lot changed with New England season to season. The rest of the league maybe got a little bit better season over season, but the rest of the league was pretty good last year, too. I'll keep pointing to New England. 76 points, but I think all but two of their wins were by a single goal. You know, yeah. there's not a lot that separates one from 28 in this league. It's not like other leagues where you see separation early. I think yeah. here in this league, you'll see some separation over time, but the margins are so much thinner. It's not like, you know, Spain or Germany where Real Madrid where Bayern Munich are going to start running away with it early. If they lose a game in the first three months, it's like, whoa, what happened? Here, over a 34-game season, yeah, you'll start to see some separation because there are some teams that are better than others. It's not everybody 50-50, but it's not easy. And when you have injuries, it gets harder. When you have a player you know, loss of form like Kansas City's going through with Shallowy and, and Russell not scoring like they did last year, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. When you see one move, you know, for a team, uh, Tejon Buchanan leaving New England, Sebastian Legette coming in, they're playing more of a 4-4-2. It's not quite clicking. But you can see the other way too. And Miguel Angel Ramirez is, is a credit to this because you move to a 4-4-2. When you play two up top and you bring in Daniel Rios, Daniel Rios wouldn't be expected to be a guy who changed the team's fortunes by himself. But every time he started, Charlotte's won. And they're a better team with him on the field. And that's going to be a little bit of a headache for Ramirez as you get wingers into your team like they're getting now. And what do you do? Because the 4-4-2, every time you've played it, it's worked. You've won. So little moves, little things can tweak fortunes really fast. It's a tough league. It's a good league. It's a competitive league. It, it's not like other leagues worldwide. And I think that level of expectation has to be understood. It doesn't mean you don't expect this team to win MLS Cup. You do. They're that good. They can. But do you expect them to win every regular season game, going away, no suffering throughout the regular season? It's just literally impossible in Major League Soccer. Yeah. Uh, can I take a turn on your soapbox now? Do it. Okay, so, and a lot of people I respect on the Twitch pitch here, and I respect everyone's opinion. Christopher Abel, you know I respect your opinion. Bruno, I respect your opinion, big time. Uh, look, nah, I, I expect your respect your opinion 100%. So, like, I don't want to sound like this is being personally confrontational towards you, uh, but you guys on the Twitch pitch are repeating a theme that I saw a lot in the hours after the match on Sunday and saw it a lot again Monday uh, on Twitter, on Reddit, a couple different places, that this match this past Sunday in Charlotte may have been a referendum on Brad Guzan. And I just I want to throw out one, I think, really, really important statistic about Brad Guzan. And I know this was a last year's statistic, 
uh, not a 2022, but a 2021. But, I, you know, we're only a couple months off of this statistic being relevant. Brad Guzan very nearly led the league in save percentage last year. There is absolutely and has absolutely been nothing wrong with Brad Guzan's shot-stopping ability mm-hmm. over the last 16 to 24 months. Uh, does Brad occasionally put a goal kick out of play? Yes, everyone does. Uh, you know, I've also probably, and Jason, you can tell me if you agree or not. I think there have been instances in the last season and a half where Brad's distribution may in fact be the best it's ever been with Atlanta United. I think it is. Uh, and, and, and Brad's role in distribution changed quite a bit when Gabriel Heinze came here to be the head coach. And Brad adjusted to that relatively quickly. So, in a, re- just just to to share with you along that line, in short to medium passes, in Brad Gazan's twenty twenty two season, so passes under thirty yards, essentially, he has six that have been incomplete in well, the whole season. That's it. Two short ones and four four medium ones. Long wow. ones, he's completing them at sixty four percent, which is better than he has. Um, through any of his seasons with Atlanta United since 2018. I don't have the 2017 numbers handy. Long passes over 30 yards. He's completing at a higher clip, but four incomplete passes under 30 yards. Yeah, and look now, yes, Brad does turn 38. Yeah, he does. Sure, I get it. Um, Seen a lot of goalkeepers play well into their 30s, even into their early 40s. There's not a magic number on it no like there's not i mean pepe sand is still scoring goals in argentina at 41 with lanus they're not going to push him out because of his his birth certificate if you're producing you're going to play and brad giving up a goal on an olympico there's a bigger issue with that than brad conceding that goal and that goal doesn't color a whole season of work either you know, we can go back through the goals that Atlanta's conceded and, and we can talk about where blame should be. It's not all on Brad Kazan. Yeah. Couple unmarked corners, a penalty, um, a fluky Olympico, um a two V zero. Two V zero, right. I mean that that's not all on Brad. Obviously, some of it's not anything to do with Brad. Listen, I, and again, I want to reiterate, I really do respect everyone's opinion and Emilio brings up a point that potentially Brad's captaincy may affect um, whether or not he has lapses of of judgment within games I really don't agree with that either but I do respect the observation and and opinion we're just trying to have a conversation yeah I don't think it affects his judgment in games I I think you can have the argument and and people do I mean I personally prefer a captain on the field I, I just think it, it works a little bit better from a communication standpoint. But when the captain's armband became available, that was the person who needed to take it. It was Brad Kazan. And he's always going to be a leader in the team, whether he's got an armband or not. Yeah. Um, I don't think it affects his play. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah, now, but, and, and again, to be fair, I'm with Jason. I want an outfield player wearing the armband. I really have wanted for quite a while for Santiago Sosa to take that armband. Um, someone in his role. He's grown into it. Yeah, I think he's grown into more of a leader. He's still young, so there's no rush with him. Yeah, and look, okay, again, Bruno, like, I guess you don't expect with all the experience he has to have an Olympico scored on him. No, you don't. You don't. Of course not. But but we're talking about one instance in six matches this year where, yeah, I mean, you, you don't want that to happen. It was not also an ordinary Olympico where it's all on the goalkeeper. Uh, and Jason, I think, did a really, really good job of outlining on Sunday after the game and again on Monday some of the marking breakdowns that Atlanta United had. Yeah, all- this one, it's, it's really clear. And, and Brad does have a role in this, but there's two different roles between organizing the defending of an in-swinging corner and dealing with the in-swinging corner. When a, a corner is swung in on goal and it's delivered well, any goalkeeper worldwide is going to struggle to deal with it. When you yeah. add the wind to it, it's going to get harder to deal with. Yeah. When you don't get a player off of the goalkeeper in the buildup to it, go back and watch every in-swinging corner. And I, I broke this down on the full-time report on Sunday after the game, and I went into detail on it on soccer down here on Monday morning. Every in-swinging corner in Charlotte had a player on top of Brad Kazan. What does that do? Go back and watch the Olympico. He has to, because Rios takes a step back into him, he has to push Rios away so he can have that separation. If the ball is high and he has to go up for it, he's got to create the space to do it. But he's got to deal with him, and he's right there. You need a defender. You need somebody to come in and do what we see. You want some dark arts? Okay, here it is. You want to see how you deal with this? Somebody come in, bump the guy, shove him away from Brad, make the referee come in and do the whole classic, like, no more, no pushing on the corner, rabble, rabble, rabble. And then what happens often in that? Any bump, it's a foul going the other way, and it's a free kick for Atlanta defending it. 
but you got to get him away from Brad. And Brad's got to make sure somebody comes to him as well. And, and if Brad has said, no, I'm good, I don't want that, I don't want clogging it, I think this showed that, yeah, you might need that because just in the wind and that good delivery from Alcivar, he has to create separation from Rios. And that split second is enough for the ball to drift and to get up higher than he can get to. And it's a mistake. It's a mistake across the board on it. And it's a fluke too. Like, that's the thing. If, if you're going to start judging goalkeepers in that way, like they got to go because of a mistake like that. I'd rather have the guy who is comfortable in distribution in the back and is a great shot stopper in this league than somebody who defends Olympicos well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know what else is minor piece? You know what else is interesting, Jason? Do you remember the Jordy Reyna goal scored against yeah. Atlanta by DC last year? <laughs> I didn't see it on the TV broadcast that I was on, but yes. A lot of people didn't. That was <laughs> not all that dissimilar to an Olympico. It's a direct kick off the touchline that one was it, taken quickly though it was that added a different element to it. it it certainly did it fair but my point is i don't remember this conversation after that goal was conceded last year and i think a big reason why is atlanta united won that match that's the biggest reason <laughs> and i that's where that's where i keep going back to i think the point that you tried to make earlier that you can't make overarching judgments on one player or one team based on a moment of one match. Uh, now, look, I, I'll go back to look now, and then I want to transition away from Guzan because it, yep. this is this is a fair question. He wants to know, what's the succession plan at goalkeeper for the time when Brad finally does start declining rapidly? I think and you've, look, you've, you've got it. And uh, it is? I, I think it's, well, I mean, somebody's got to grab the number two spot, but you have three options right now, three different kind of points in their career. You have Bobby Shuttleworth, who started over 200 games in this league and isn't going away um, in terms of being able to start games. Bobby is a great shot stopper. Bobby hasn't been asked to play with the ball at his feet as much as Atlanta does. That's something that he can work on right now, and we'll see if he can get there and take that spot because he's younger, um, younger than Brad. I think Justin Garces is a possibility here, and I think he was identified as such when they brought him into the academy in 2017. Um, he's very young in his professional career. He had games at UCLA. It's not professional, but it's it's high level. Did well there. He's got work to do to continue to grow. And you've got Vicente Reyes, who might be the one. Mm -hmm. Vicente Reyes has been with the academy from day one. Reyes is on an Atlanta United 2 contract. He's still a teenager. He's incredibly comfortable on the ball, ball at his feet. He fits the profile of what Atlanta United wants their goalkeepers to be as the club has evolved and kind of went deeper into the philosophy. I would personally not be surprised at all if, look, maybe there's a, a stopgap in between, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Vicente Reyes in the end being that guy. And I think Vicente Reyes's development is why they didn't spend a million or two because they had another option in Rocco Rios Novo. And that's why they brought him in on loan and liked what they saw. But I think Reyes's development more than the cost made the club think, you know what? We don't need to go spend a few million on a transfer for a goalkeeper. We might have the guy right here. I think it could be Reyes. I really do. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay. Let, let's get off the, the Brad thing, because as Tom Russo points out, the goal doesn't matter 
if Atlanta United would have finished some of the great chances. And that's one of the things that sticks out to me about the performance is that, as you said, Jason, earlier, the chance creation was there. And there were some really, really good chances, especially in the second half. You said during the, the second half, Jason, Atlanta United clearly in the ascendancy. Mm-hmm. And they were really from, I don't know, probably 55 on to the end. They were really in the ascendancy. I thought the best chance of the whole match was that Caleb Wiley header in the 89th-ish minute, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, but there were others, and there were other really good ones. Dwyer had a really good chance in the first half. Gutman had a great chance of the first half with a foul behind the play that somehow the referee opted not to play advantage, even though Gutman's dribbling into the box with a lane to the net. Um, Moreno in the second half grazed. It looked like he grazed the outside of the post. In the first half, he had an excellent chance as well. Thought Moreno was very harshly criticized. Um, oh, don't get me started, snap. please. I just, I, I don't. I don't understand where that criticism comes from. No, I thoroughly uh, disagree with it. Yeah. Almada, again, I think Atlanta United was most dangerous when the ball was at Almada's feet. He had mm-hmm. six chances created. So it's it's there. It's just you couldn't put one by Kalina, who had a couple out-of-routine saves, and he had a couple great chances that you couldn't put on frame. That's soccer. That happens, but it doesn't change the fact that the chances – were existent on a day where you're starting Amar Sadich at right wing, uh, on a day where you didn't have Joseph, on a day where Ronald Cisneros made his Atlanta United debut, and even without having a shot, Ronald Cisneros showed immediately his quality and how his profile is going to be maybe a little bit different than what Atlanta United has with Joseph Martinez right now. Yep. So Tom's right. You put one of those chances away or two of them away, we probably aren't talking about Brad right now, but the chances existed, and that's what I was most happy to see on Sunday. That's Look, you you can control first and control the most easily creating chances and defending well. You can't always control scoring goals and stopping goals. You can control the part where you're either defending and preventing chances from being created and creating chances. And Atlanta United created chances. The early goal, I think they had to open up more and more as the day went on. But even then, you only gave up three shots in the second half to Charlotte as you continued to open up further and further. So I'm okay with the defensive side of things. The goal you concede is the goal you concede. We've already talked about it. I don't even feel like it was bad finishing so much in this one. Like you didn't have a bunch of sitters that you missed. The Wiley one is maybe the... It might have been the highest XG of the game. I, I probably would have felt like it should have been. Um, and it's still not easy. You know, it's Wiley after beating a player, putting in a cross, continuing to follow the play and following into the 18. And then he's got to beat the goalkeeper and get it inside of the far post on a header. And he didn't miss by much. And you had a couple other ones like that. It didn't miss by much. I thought the best two saves that Kalina had were in the first half, uh, one on Moreno and one on Gutman. The Gutman one I thought was brilliant from Almada. It's a quick free kick that he floated into Gutman just perfectly. He couldn't like walk over and, and set it on his foot any better. And big save from, from Kalina. And the one on Moreno, I still don't know how he got it. I mean, it right. was an incredible save to get down and push that wide. So, look, it's, it's a frustrating one because you don't get the goal. 
but it's not a frustrating one in the way that you played. And you play this way more often than not, you're going to win. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that with the absences you had. I'm going to take that with what we saw out of Ronaldo Cisneros. I really liked his play. He's something different up top. You know, I really can't think of a forward like him that Atlanta has had in reserve um, with the combination of size and speed and technical ability and pressing ability. I think he's the one who really, when you get Araujo back and he's training and look, maybe he can play a part against Cincinnati. You'd love if you don't have to and you give him a little more time to recover. But if he can play a part, that's great. When you can start while Joseph is out with Cisneros in place of Joseph, with Araujo, Almada, Moreno across the next line, it's going to be really hard for teams to play out of that because you've got speed and you've got good defensive ability up high to defend, to press. You're going to cause some turnovers and you've got playmakers in three of those four positions and you've got great speed in at least two of them. Moreno and Almada are not slow, but Araujo has game-breaking speed and Cisneros, you might say he has game-breaking speed. He outran one of the Charlotte defenders, just blew my mind how fast he got there. So you're in a good spot, but you got to continue to build. And now you got to get Cisneros really clicking with this group. I think he, he fits what you need right now. Yeah. Uh, a couple of questions about Cisneros on yeah. the Twitch pitch. Um, I think it was Bruno wanted to know, do we rate Cisneros higher than Dwyer right now? Yeah, I think he's different. And, and I think he suits what you need right now. Um, Dwyer played, I thought, as Joseph would have in terms of trying to drop a little bit combined and make the, the run into the 18. I just don't think he's quite as good in some of those moments. I think Dwyer's more of a poacher and, and he's a, he's great inside the 18. His movement is very good. Uh, but the combination play and those things that dropping in you're looking for, I don't think it is as, as strong with Dom. Cisneros opens the field more and to be able to take defenders off of Almada, off of Moreno, off of Araujo, have to drop a little bit deeper. thought we saw it in the second half when Cisneros came on. It created more space for Almada and Moreno to operate in, and Araujo will join that party here soon. I like that, and I think Cisneros will end up getting more time because of those kinds of things. We have D-Led in the Twitch pitch. What up, D-Led? Wow, thanks for joining. Actually, he's on Facebook, but... uh d if you have a question about the big match against uh, Cincinnati coming up, type them in on the bottom of your screen. We'll be happy to take it. But uh, good to see you, d Thanks for joining us today. Back to Cisneros. Uh, Pilgrim brings up, you got a good chance maybe for Cisneros to build confidence again this Saturday. And then potentially on Wednesday against Chattanooga. I'm not exactly sure that would be the plan. I look at Wednesday as a chance for Jackson Conway to develop some confidence, perhaps, if he's the choice. Keeping in mind, too, I'm not saying it's make it or break it on Cisneros, but you have to be a little bit careful with the number of international players who roster. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not you anymore. Don't do that anymore. Not anymore. That changed. Well, I the point remains. I, I, still, think, <laughs> yeah. I still think you've got to get Conway a little bit confident, too. And I look at that Chattanooga match as an opportunity for him to do that. Possibly. Um Chattanooga is an interesting one because you're playing a, a third division professional team. You're playing a team with a lot of pedigree, uh, but you're playing a team that is only going to be two games into their season and one open cup game. 
and a team that's had a lot of turnover. A uh, new manager in place, a really good manager in Rod Underwood, somebody who's been part of the Atlanta soccer community in the past. Rod's good people. He, he wants to play in a good way in Chattanooga, uh, but they're not at the same level. And, and that's an opportunity for Atlanta United to maybe play a Jackson Conway, maybe play a Robbie Mertz, maybe play an Aiden McFadden, maybe play a Noah Cobb. But Gonzalo Pineda made it clear he wants to win the Open Cup. So yep. you're not going to put it at risk of just playing a pure second team. Where do you switch things up a little bit? Where do you give a guy a little time versus playing your best team? That's going to be the balancing act for Pineda. And we probably won't know really what those options are until we get out of the Cincinnati game and see how everybody comes out of that. Yeah, I mean, and we'll talk about this more next Wednesday. We'll do a stoppage time before we bring you Atlanta United and Chattanooga next Wednesday on 92.9 The Game. But just off the top of my head, I'm looking at a Mikey Ambrose, a Ronald yeah. Hernandez. Um, be a really good game for Ronald. I think yeah. that's a that's a great shout. Ronald would seem to be a good fit. Campbell would probably be a good fit. I yeah. really would not be shocked to see Noah Cobb in that. Mm-hmm. Noah has been great with Atlanta United too. He's with the U17s right now at the Generation Adidas Cup. If Noah Cobb comes back and is available for that, and he's not exhausted after the Generation Adidas Cup. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get that kind of an opportunity as a reward for his good play. And same with guys like Robbie Mertz and Aiden McFadden. Right. Two guys on pro deals with Atlanta United, too, who are our stalwarts of that team. Yeah. I think you could see Wolf. Um, Wolf would be a great shout. You know, it, you know, with George. Wiley in place of Gutman, potentially, or Amber. Absolutely. Yep. But um, then we're, we're subbing everybody out, and you're probably not going to do that. So, like, where true. does it fall? That's when it gets really interesting. That's true. But I, I think the general idea is you want to get guys who may be a little bit on the outside of the first choice group of the yeah. first team right now and get them some experience. Ronald Hernandez, for example, I mean, I, he kind of played himself out of the first choice. Here's a chance now for him to maybe make a statement that he needs to come back into it. Yeah. Um, the other thing you could look at this match as an opportunity to do is get George Campbell another rep maybe as a holding midfielder. Uh, you because you might have to do that again. Uh, you want to get Alex DeJohn some playing time. You're going to need Alex DeJohn at some point this year. So yep. maybe this Chattanooga match is a spot for for him. You know, look, if you look at the number of minutes that Jake Mulraney has played up to this point, maybe not a bad idea to, to get Jake Mulraney in the mix. This is still a week away. And yes, Christopher, it's going to be on 92.9 the game. Yes. So uh, we'll have it for you next Wednesday. We'll talk about this more next Wednesday, but let's take the final 10 minutes of today and focus a little bit on Cincinnati because Atlanta United, they're going to want to, they're, they're going to want to get three points at home. If you look at the upcoming schedule, going to Miami, going to Montreal, coming home and then playing Chicago, followed by New England, followed by Nashville, Columbus, you got to take care of your business at home when you have an opportunity to do so. And that's not demeaning Cincinnati, but of the next couple home games, Atlanta United will play. This is the one where you probably feel the best about the potential to get three points. So now you have to go out and do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, one game at a time is a cliche, but that's the way you have to deal with it with the injuries and getting guys back and the availability changes each game it seems like and and just the the amount of minutes some of these guys like Araujo, maybe Hindman, 
maybe Hosetsu very soon. Like the amount of minutes they'll have will alter game to game. So you've got to you've got to juggle it for each ninety that you play, and also be looking ahead at what's coming and what you're preparing for. With Cincinnati, you can't look ahead too far because this is a team that in the attack is far better than they've been in the past. Luciano Acosta is somehow elevating his game to another level at 27 years old. 7.39 shot-creating actions per 90 minutes played. That's the most in MLS among regulars this season. He's been outstanding. He's creating a ton of chances. He's creating a ton of shots for himself and others. He's very good on set pieces. I know that freaks everybody out, but he is. Um, you're getting some help for him in a player who uh, is going to be a TAM player now, or, or at least an allocation money player being bought down, and Yuya Kubo. Yuya Kubo is giving you two-way play. You know, If you remember, when Kubo came into the league as a DP, he was seen as a playmaker, as a winger, as a goal scorer, as an assist guy. He's turned into a great number eight in the midfield who is great defensively in winning tackles and winning interceptions but also second on the team among regulars with shot-creating actions. Yuya Kubo is a really good two-way midfielder in this league. They've added Junior Moreno, a solid central midfielder. They were missing the solid element in previous years. They have that now. They've got some pros who've been around the block a few times and know what they're doing. And you have a player in Brandon Vasquez who's been pretty hot this season in front of goal. He's got five goals on the season. We know who Brandon Vasquez is. We know what he can do. These defenders know Brandon Vasquez and know what he can do and what they have to worry about. I think they can handle that. It's Luciano Acosta creating chances. It's Yuya Kubo breaking plays up in the middle that concern me. I think Atlanta needs to be better on the flanks than they were against Charlotte. I think that's where you weren't able to get complete dominance in that game because Mora um, and Lindsey were both very good. Cincinnati's lost Ronald Matarita. So left back, Atlanta's right side, that should create some opportunities for Brooks Lennon to get forward. And I thought Brooks Lennon wasn't quite as involved on the ball as, as I would have loved to have seen against Charlotte. See if Atlanta can exploit that situation a little bit. And defensively, look, as good as Cincinnati's been in the offense, they've given up a lot of goals. This yeah. is a team that you can get goals on. And Atlanta's going to need to do that against a, a team that, is not shy in scoring this season. No, no, uh, they're attackable. I mean, Hag no disrespect to like a Nick Hagland or a Jeff they're not Cameron. Casey in the back. I mean, Hagland yeah. and Cameron, good players, but they're not blessed with a lot of speed. No. Cisneros really could have a field day getting in behind in this one if, if they can use that. Perhaps Almada as well. Yeah, and Almada delivering it because, man, yeah. his passing, good grief. It, it's amazing his passing out of tight spaces too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's amazing how he can pass out of jams, pass through traffic. Uh, does our Ruju factor in in the final 30 minutes of the game? Is what No way to know. That's kind yeah. of a guess. I didn't get a, a super optimistic vibe from Darren Eels yesterday when he was talking about it with Dukes and Bell. He basically said, yeah, he's back, but we have to be really, really careful that uh, he doesn't have a relapse is the, the term that he used. So. Um, you know, maybe by the end of the week, it could look a little better. I do think it's interesting that um, just for what it's worth on the official injury report, Arujo is listed as questionable, which we expected. 
So as Hindman as he was last week, Hindman didn't make the trip. But and I, I think he's going to play in USL before he plays in MLS. I, you know, the door oh, could be right. open for him to go straight to an MLS match. But I have a feeling you're going to see him with the twos first. Maybe open cup. I yeah, right, and perhaps there. Um, I did think it was interesting though that Mateus Josetu is listed as questionable, and Darren Eels did say they thought they would probably get him back by the end of this week. Again. Feel super aggressive that someone on a four-week timetable could be back in two weeks, but Never know. Uh, hopefully at least that's a sign that he's trending in the right direction. Yeah, it's early too. I mean, you know, listed as questionable today. You've got training tomorrow. You've got training Friday, lighter session on Friday. I think we'll get a better sense when Gonzalo Pineda speaks to the media on Friday after training because he'll want these next two days to see Adarojou and see, okay, I, he – he's fine. I, I can use him maybe 45 um, or yeah, he, he's still not a hundred percent. I might not want to use him at all. You know, it could go either way when you're listed as questionable and it's just way too early to call. So I think with injuries, if there's anything we've learned over the, the years, especially with hamstrings and quads and calves and, and muscle injuries is we don't really know until we see the guy on the field. There's just no way to guess. Like it's 15 minutes, it's 30 minutes, it's 45. You don't know. You just don't until they play. Yep. Yeah. Exactly right. But uh, if knock on wood, nothing else adds up on the injury front, and Atlanta United got out of this past Sunday clean on the injury report. Was a little scared for a moment about Alan Franco. But uh, he, he just takes a beating in every game he plays. Well, I think sometimes he initiates the beatings too. Oh no, I think he enjoys it, but it's yeah. it's always like physical with him. He's always colliding with somebody. Exactly. But if you can get through this week clean from the injury front, uh, you're you're going to be inching closer to where you want to be. Sans Joseph, and and maybe even Joseph by the end of May is back. As Darren said yesterday, that still feels aggressive to me. But if you can kind of get some good luck now injury-wise over the next couple of weeks. You do really think about what this team can be when it is Almada, Aruju, Moreno, Joseph. And it's really, really exciting to think about. And we haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. Yeah, but hopefully we had a training session with those four. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, even when they were in no. Mexico, you didn't have it, right? No, Moreno was out. He was, right. he was on the side. Yeah. That's crazy. You That's never crazy. had a training session. You haven't had them on the field together doing anything active for any period of time this season. Right. It's a long year, and you have playoffs at the end. You got to build. You know, you got to continue to build. And I think when you get down to the last 10 games or so, that's when you want to know this is my 11. These are my couple variations. This is what I can do tactically if I need to go to three center backs. This is what I do with four. You need to kind of have it nailed down at that point with the injuries you've had. It's impossible to do that now. You've got to pick up as many points as you can while dealing with game to game what those tactics are going to require. That's the other element of Sunday that we haven't talked about that I was impressed with is you saw them go from three center backs to, to two in the game no problems you didn't have any issues you didn't give up any big chances you went from sosa and ibadra together in a in a kind of a double pivot holding midfield to one of them and it was ibadra who was by himself as the six with almada and moreno in front in a very attack-minded lineup 
didn't have any big defensive issues with that. They were able to adjust on the fly really well. That's a good sign later on. And we saw it in D.C. too, where they went to three center backs in that one, and it kind of helped turn the game a bit. So you're seeing some of these tactical changes that Gonzalo Pineda will be able to use as you get later into the year. That's a good sign right now. Absolutely. Okay, uh, coverage plans for Saturday. Uh, we're going to start on the radio at 2 in the afternoon. John and Hugh will be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, 2 in the afternoon. So if you're walking in at gate 2, wave, say hello, have, uh, have a word with John and Hugh. They're going to be out there starting at 2. Jason and I will be on at 5.30 for the Five Stripes Countdown. 6 o'clock will be the kickoff. Remember, the match is on Peachtree TV. Yep. So, uh, and I believe the Atlanta United app, I think. Uh, I think so. I, I'm almost positive. So that'll be good news. Jason and I uh, will be on 92.9, the game also on Sirius XM Channel 157. We'll have the full-time report after the match as well. That's Saturday, next Wednesday, Open Cup against Chattanooga. That as well will be on 92.9, the game, and Jason and I will have stoppage time before the match next Wednesday. Uh, and I think we're going to do that from Kennesaw. So That's the plan. be on the lookout for that as we preview the Open Cup next week and the road match at Miami. But thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next week here on Stoppage Time. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.